Hello and welcome everyone to episode 38 of the Ducky O'Brien Show. And when this episode is released, it should be a little past January. It's 2024. Here's to hoping 2024 is a lot better than 2023 for y'all. We'll see though, we'll see. <laughs> What's next? Godzilla comes out of the ocean and starts attacking? Anyways... Today we have another indie games galore episode, that means we're going to have four mostly indie games, sometimes I cover not so indie games, and the four games we have for today are Space Station Tycoon, which is a management sim about building a space station, we have Cosmos Delivery and Logistics, which is just a poker game with some cheating mechanics thrown in, we have the Costa Verde Transport Department, which is a road building design game, it's more like a puzzle game than a road design game, but I'll get into that. And then for our last game, we have The Invincible. It is not the animated series. It is a very slow and I think, in my opinion, amazing sci-fi narrative. It's a walking sim, so it might not be for everyone. So before we begin, I would like to thank everyone for dropping by and listening. You know, I was looking at the analytics and I was kind of happy because I saw some people were listening to my show. Turns out, I think whenever I embed the podcast feed into my articles and my YouTube videos, it counts as a listen for some reason. So I don't think anyone listens to this show. (laughs) I mean, it does make me a little bit sad, but it's okay. I I mean, I, I must not be making anything worth listening to, but that's fine. I'm still going to make whatever I want. It's a platform to express myself in a way that I want, so as long as I get to do that, that's okay. I mean, it'd be nice if people like what I was doing. If there are people out there, thank you for listening to my show. I really do appreciate it. If you want to get into contact with me, you can reach out at duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. The email is d-u-c-k-y-o-b-r-i-e-n-s-h-o-w at gmail.com. Once again, the email is duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. You can also head over to my blog, duckyobrien.com. That should have links to all my outlets. I also stream on Twitch if you want to check me out. Alright, why don't we get started? Our first game is Space Station Tycoon. Space Station Tycoon is a management sim about building up your own space station. I do have to mention that the normal game mode feels very slow. The rate at which you earn money and research points as well as the rate at which ships visit your station is painfully slow. It's slow to the point where you won't be able to actually build up your space station at a decent pace, and you end up having to wait a very long time before being able to do anything at all. This is a shame because if you play the game in creative mode, you get to see the full potential the game has. Honestly speaking here, I think the game is infinitely more enjoyable playing in creative mode. You can spend all your time designing your ideal space station, or experiment with different layouts. Everything is unlocked in creative mode other than the jump gates, and you have infinite money, so your imagination is the limit here. You can even unlock most of the achievements in creative mode. The space station building part is actually fun when you have unlimited funds and everything is unlocked. There's an ever-increasing upkeep you have to consider as you expand your space station. A larger station means you need more power generation to power all of the buildings. You also need more shields and turrets to protect against radiation storms, asteroids, and pirate raids. You need more facilities to support the growing traffic of incoming ships, and this means more employees, and more employees means more housing. 
The game must be set in a realistic universe because you can put up massive billboards around your station and then sell the ad space to companies once you meet their requirements. As you build your station up, you can expand your access to the galaxy map and network jump gates from different planets to your space station. This is also quite fun. It's a simple challenge, but you need to network the gates in such a way to reduce traffic jams. There's actually a lot of fun to be had in Space Station Tycoon. Sadly, it's only in the creative mode. If I may make one suggestion, I hope the creative mode will track the money earned so that level 5 of the tech can be unlocked. In creative mode, the only things locked are the more advanced jump gates, and unfortunately, it is locked behind a tracker that tracks money earned. Profit is not tracked in creative mode, so it will always be locked. Also, there are some achievements linked to credits earned, so it would be nice if all the achievements could be earned in creative mode as well. One other small problem I run into is that this game seems to be horribly unoptimized. I can't speak for everyone, but I have a 2070 Super, and while this graphics card isn't the latest and greatest, it is by no means a low-end device. Despite this, the GPU was utilized at 100%, and I can hear my computer physically struggling to keep up with the game. If Space Station Tycoon embraces the sandbox aspect instead of the regular mode, I think you can see the full potential of the game and there's definitely some fun to be had here. For additional information, Space Station Tycoon has a review score of 67% positive with a total of 140 reviews as of this writing on December 7, 2023. Space Station Tycoon was developed and published by Lundheim Studios, was released on October 29, 2020 with an MSRP of $19.99 US dollars. I received the key from Keymailer. Thank you so much for the key. I spent a total of 3.1 hours playing the game so far and have an achievement score of 17 out of 32. Moving on to our next game, Cosmo Cheats at Poker. Cosmo Cheats at Poker is a poker game with some cheating mechanics thrown in. It's an okay game, but I didn't really encounter anything that made it stand out among the sea of other poker games out there. It reminded me of playing Poker Night at the inventory way back in the day, and honestly speaking, that experience felt smoother than the one provided by Cosmo. It's not that this game has any specific issue or problem that makes it lackluster, it's just that the game doesn't really add anything on top of playing poker to make the game stand out in any way. There are just too many options when it comes to playing poker, including playing poker in other games like Red Dead Redemption 2. The cheating mechanic honestly feels kind of underwhelming at the very start of the game. You only have one ability and it reshuffles the cars in the river. Now logically speaking, this doesn't make any sense at all because everyone can see the cars in the river. I get it, it's a video game, but I thought I mentioned it because I thought it was kind of funny. The goal of the game is to win money at tables to move on to more expensive tables. Once you earn even more money, you'll be able to travel to a different planet. While on the planet, you can walk around to the other tables, as well as do a bit of light exploring to find coins that add more funds to your wallet. Cosmo Cheats at Poker is an okay game, but it doesn't really add enough to create a reason to pick this game over the many other ways to play poker out right now. For additional information, Cosmo Cheats at Poker has a total of 3 reviews as of this writing on December 7, 2023. Cosmo Cheats at Poker was developed and published by CDL Studios. It was released on October 27, 2023 with an MSRP of $9.99 US dollars. I received a free key from Keymailer. Thank you so much for the key. I spent a total of 0.4 hours on the game and there are no achievements for this game. Moving on to our next game, Costa Verde Transport Department. 
Gosaverde Transport Department is a game where you design a network of roads that can handle the stress of traffic. I will cut straight to the chase with this game as well. It's mediocre at best, and there's really no reason to play this game over a similar game such as Mini Motorways. The main flaw of Costa Verde is that the road designing mechanic does not work well at all. For most other games focusing on or containing elements where you build a network of roads, it is essential for the game that building the road feels intuitive and natural. It's the core element of the game, and if the core doesn't feel good, nothing else will. Most games will let you lay out roads in neat grids and seamlessly integrate a local network with a highway system and so forth. In Costa Verde Transport Department, it is very difficult to get a neat grid, and instead most of the roads turn out to be abominations with a lot of curves and roundabouts. This wouldn't be a problem if the roads were built the way you trace them on the map and would connect in a way that made sense. This game has many and what I believe to be unnecessary facets that prevent you from laying out your desired plan, be it elevation changes from cliffs, to the degree of curvature being too sharp, and etc. There are more obstacles to prevent you from building the way you want, including the mechanics themselves, than tools to help you build. This is the root of the issue. Don't even get me started on integrating a highway system. It's so obtuse that it only provides frustration, and even if you figure it out to some degree, it's very hard to replicate the results. This creates a feeling of frustration and honestly tests my patience because I feel like I'm always fighting the controls to do anything at all. This leads me to a question. Why would I bother playing a frustrating game and spend a lot of time and effort to make it less frustrating when I could play a game that is fun to begin with and only gets better as I spend more time on it? I think it's a rather unrealistic expectation to place the onus on the person playing the game to spend their valuable time on making the game better. This isn't to say that Costa Verde Transport Department isn't without promise. The road design elements need a desperate improvement, however. For starters, you start with a limited number of road segments, and you only get more over time as settlements pop up. This should be changed to constantly generating road segments over time. If I have to balance creating a working grid of streets with making sure I'm expanding enough to get more road segments, then the number of initial road segments have to be higher and the maps need to be larger. The focus of the game needs to be changed from simply building roads to more of a puzzle game. Secondly, the tutorial needs immediate improvement. You can't simply state that building highways is difficult and that the player will quote unquote get it over time and leave it at that. That's incredibly lazy and a disservice to the player. You are wasting their time. Show them how to do it. Put some effort into the tutorial if you expect players to put effort into learning the game. It goes both ways. Thirdly, the highway system needs an overhaul. I should just be able to connect the highway to a road. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Rotating the map doesn't help and the most reliable method seems to be creating a bend and then connecting the highway to the rounded part. Sometimes this isn't even possible, especially in craft spaces. I can't think of a single justification as to why this mechanic is so difficult to use. Being this frustrating adds no value to the game. Not to mention, sometimes you don't even get highway pieces, and for this game to work, you need a lot of highway parts so that you can link cities in between different terrains so they can keep generating road segments. Finally, some of the fail states need to be removed or better thought out. For example, I created a highway and a city tile spawned around it. 
However, it also created a fail state because no cars were able to travel to that destination. Try as I might, I was unable to create an exit into that city grid, and I sure as heck didn't have enough road pieces to create a local road to the city. The only way was to delete existing roads, but doing so also prevents cars from reaching those areas, and I would still fail. For a game like this, I don't think fail states are needed. You can add a score or an efficiency rating. Managing to finally build a decent network of roads, only for it to fail and having to restart from the very beginning because of some arbitrary mechanics is a real bummer. I did try out the creative mode and let me tell you, the game was not any better. Even with having unlimited resources and no fail state, the feel of building the roads was just not satisfying. I was constantly fighting the game to get the road layout just the way I wanted to. Ain't nobody got time for this. For additional information, Costa Verde Transport Department has a review score of 75 positive with a total of 28 reviews as of this writing on December 8, 2023. Costa Verde Transport Department was developed and published by Nikita Lisitsa. It was released on October 31, 2023 with an MSRP of $9.99 US dollars. I received the key from Keymailer. Thank you so much for the key. I spent a total of 1.5 hours on the game and there are no achievements. Okay, moving on to our last game, The Invincible. I'm not talking about the animated series here. Let's get one thing out of the way real quick. The Invincible is a walking sim. It's basically an interactive movie of sorts. You walk through a mostly linear path with minimal interaction and experience the narrative. I completely understand that this won't appeal to everyone, but if you love a good, slow sci-fi narrative, you may want to give The Invincible a chance. I will admit, I am pretty biased as I love science fiction, especially the slow kind that focuses more on the science element rather than the grandiose battles and flashy action sequences. Invincible fits right into the first category. It is a gloriously slow and meticulous story that feels like it could actually happen in the not-so-distant future. The world looks amazing. You are on an alien planet, and it manages to combine landscapes one might see on Earth with the completely bizarre and unfamiliar alien vistas. I can't wait for VR technology and computer graphics to advance to the point that you can simulate walking on another planet. Until we reach that point, games like this are the closest we'll get. I also love the aesthetic of all the gear and apparatuses that you stumble across. It has a distinctly Soviet and retrofuturistic feel. Imagine using a physical notebook in space. The narrative pacing is excellent as well. You wake up as Dr. Yasna, an astrobiologist traveling with a small but highly specialized team on an exploratory venture. The rest of the team was exploring the mysterious planet Regis 3, with Yasna and the astrogator staying on board the orbiting spacecraft, but now she finds herself inexplicably stranded on the planet with no memory of how she got there or why. You follow Dr. Yasna as she slowly retraces the steps of her fellow crewmates and uncovers the mystery of Regis 3. As she finds her crewmates one by one, they all seem to be suffering from some undiscovered illness. Let's just say things are not as they seem. While I can't really categorize The Invincible as a quote-unquote video game, the immersive, narrative-driven experience is fantastic. Again, I'll reiterate that I completely understand this type of experience won't be for everyone. Even so, enjoying Invincible made me realize that video games are underutilized in making more cinematic experiences. With the level of visual fidelity we have nowadays, I don't see it being far-fetched that more and more individuals start making their own movies in the form of video games. If you think about it, 
it is much cheaper than hiring a full team of actors, crews, engineers, and so forth, and physically traveling to destinations to film a scene. There's untapped potential here to create narratives and worlds and stories that have limited interaction and are more of a passive experience. I really enjoyed the Invincible, and I hope more people take advantage of this medium to tell interesting stories and show off fantastic worlds. For additional information, The Invincible has a total of 90% positive reviews with a total of 1,488 reviews as of this writing on December 8, 2023. The Invincible was developed by Star Wars Industries. It was published by 11-Bit Studios. It was released on November 6, 2023 with an MSRP of $29.99 US dollars. I received a key from Keymailer. Thank you so much for the key. And so far, I've spent 3.1 hours playing the game and I have 4 out of 29 achievements unlocked. Okay, that has been episode 38 of the Ducky O'Brien Show. Thank you so much for dropping by and listening. I really do appreciate it. If you would like to reach out to me, you can email me at duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. It's D-U-C-K-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Once again, the email is duckyobrienshow at gmail.com. You can also drop by my blog, duckyobrien.com, and that should have all the links to my outlets and all my content there. I also stream on Twitch if you want to check me out. Alright, I think this will be my last indie games galore for the foreseeable future. I'm still going to cover games here and there, but I will release smaller episodes. I'm going to take a little bit of a break from doing games coverage. To be honest, while I love doing it, it is burning me out quite a bit. You gotta play the game, right? And the game is getting views. So instead of making coverage and being transparent and honest and ethical about it, you just gotta make whatever video you can that will get the most views. And then when, when the people see that, they'll be more willing to give you more keys or even pay you money for it. And that's not something I wanna do, but honestly speaking, that's what you gotta do. <laughs> for me though, I think the way that I should have approached it is I should have worked harder to make even better coverage. You know, try harder to write better articles, you know, make better videos, make better podcast episodes while keeping the spirit of being transparent about the game, showing all of the game off, including the boring parts and the bad parts and making as honest as possible. And not about, you know, making it about entertainment, but more like showcasing the game, the good and the bad and letting the consumer decide whether or not they want to buy it or not. It's hard, though. It's really hard because... You know, not everyone's good at everything, and so it takes a lot of time and effort to get good at something, and I might never get quote-unquote good at it, even if I spend my entire life doing it. That's the reality of it. Anyways, I'm just rambling, but I wanted to just express my thoughts. But yeah, this will probably be the last Indie Games Galore for at least a month or two. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to work on different types of content. And uh, I might come back to it, but we'll see. I can never get away from games coverage completely. I did take a huge break in 2023, but I ended up coming back to it because I like doing it. Even if no one likes what I'm doing, I like what I'm doing. Anyways, it is getting harder to do because as more and more people apply and have this dream of being a person who covers video games... There's more and more people requesting keys, and there's limited keys being given. And so it, it, I, I found it harder to get keys now. Unless it's for like a super indie game, I found that it's getting harder and harder to get keys. Um, and, and I don't make any money doing this, so if I want to keep doing it, I need to get the games for free somehow. 
Okay, why don't we end there before I keep rambling. I just wanted to talk. I know that not everyone would want to hear this. I usually cut out the parts where I ramble off script or reduce it considerably, but I'm probably going to leave most of it in for this episode. Yeah, whenever I record an episode, I have all these thoughts and I try to I try to express myself and then when I listen back on it, I'm like, hmm, we should just keep it clean and lean and cut it out. But for this one, I'll leave it in. Alright, it's episode 38. It might be the last Indie Games Galore for a couple of months or maybe the last one forever. Who, who knows? I'm going to still make the Ducky O'Brien show. It just might not be about Indie Games. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble. Thank you for putting up with me. And as always, hope you guys are staying safe and sane out there. I'm losing my voice right now, and I'll catch you guys next time.